This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Coming on the podcast today, it's Pat and Stu in for Glenn. We talk about uh, the Supreme Court, a couple of big decisions that came down and actually looked pretty good, which is a nice change, a nice part of Donald Trump's legacy as president. Six, three decisions that go the right way for once. We go through uh, some of the songs you might remember that, viewed with today's eyes, do not look so good. Uh, There's a lot, apparently a lot of rock stars used to sing about hooking up with 16-year-olds. And it was not something that they should have been doing. We kind of revisit some of those songs that you're not going to want to miss. That was was a fun... (laughs) disturbing look back into our past uh we have uh, some new stuff some new uh covid restrictions that we talk about uh and some more uh, general craziness make sure to uh, subscribe to this podcast if you can rate and review five stars is the appropriate number of stars do the same for pat gray unleashed and Stu does america both both available in this podcast app and uh make sure to head over to i'm wearing today um, if you're watching the if you get over to the video feed at all uh, of the program I'm, I'm wearing my notorious acb t-shirt uh to honor the decisions of amy coney barrett over the past few days you can get that at stewdoesmerch.com check it out here's the podcast you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program Independence Day weekend, uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn today. Uh, sad news, though, as we start the weekend, um, we didn't hit the numbers that our president required of us to go ahead and have uh, barbecues in our backyards with uh, a couple of people that we that we care about, or at least like, and wanted to have over for a burger. We didn't hit those numbers, so you can't do it. Pat, I happen to be of the uh, of the of the idea that you sh- it's way too many way too many people in a backyard if you have multiple people. In a well, backyard. he set up to six. That's if too we many. Would have hit our numbers, but that's that was too many. Too many, Pat. Okay. Too too many, many people. Yeah. You're talking about mm-hmm. six people in one backyard. I mean, maybe if you had ten acres, <laughs> you know, something like mm-hmm. that situation. If you had ten acres, mm-hmm. I personally don't. You don't? I don't. I do not have 10 acres. Do you have land. a mountain range that cuts through and, and gives multiple sections of backyard? Do you think my so- name is Glenn Beck? No. <laughs> no, I do. Oh, this is no. the Glenn Beck program. I thought Glenn maybe- does have a mountain range mm-hmm. that cuts through his backyard. Well, but it's not, it's not, that's but, not appropriate. What I would say uh, is if uh-huh. you have a mountain range that cuts it like a pizza mm-hmm. into six different slots. Oh. Like, so you'd need mm-hmm. a mountain range that kind of, or like maybe even a forest would work. Mm-hmm. But it has to cut into multiple different regions of the backyard. I don't have that. And then one person in each region. If you picture like a small pizza cut into six slices, one person in each area okay. of that backyard, uh-huh. if it's divided by some natural mm. uh, barrier. For instance, if your backyard includes Colorado, Utah. Okay. Yeah, right. Like if you're the Arizona. federal government. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're federal government and you own, let's say, 60% of the western half of the country. Yeah. Then you could you have a could barbecue. You could do this. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's that's yeah. because we're all coming together. This uh, is our Independence Day, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, like, how many do you think are too appropriate? Can two people who live in the same household go into the backyard and have a barbecue? Or is that too many? Is that too much to ask? Let, let me just be, because, you know, we're, we're conservatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we maybe are a little too lackadaisical with our COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. What I would say is, let's say you live on a, a street and everyone's got a, a decent-sized backyard. Mm-hmm. If you were to have a backyard barbecue with one person per backyard, <laughs> I think that would be okay. But separated I, by a fence? Yeah, first of all, yes, yeah. definitely separated by a fence. But it'd be better if maybe you add some plexiglass to the top of that fence as well. Okay. Um, and then in addition to that, you need so to stand in the middle of the yard. Either today or tomorrow, you need to install plexiglass at the top of your fence. Yeah, I, I mean, it should be there already. The fact that it's not already shows that you don't care and you want to kill grandmothers, but... I'm saying yeah. you stand yeah. in the middle of the yard, though. Not okay. like the Tim the Toolman Taylor thing. Where, the, not where the neighbor came mm-hmm. up and he poked his nose over the fence. Yeah, you only saw That's his eyes good. for the entire series kind yeah. of peeking over the fence. Mm-hmm. Way too close. Way. Way too close. Mm-hmm. Now, sure, if you want to look back and, and look at some of the scientific data, you might note that there has not been a single case of COVID spread outdoors other than very close conversation in the entire history of the pandemic. But I think six people outside is radical. <laughs> and we didn't hit the number, Pat. We didn't hit the number. We didn't we, hit the number. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve no. to have a barbecue Thank in the you. backyard with friends. Thank you. you. I, I don't deserve it. I'm glad you finally said that, Pat. Yeah, because it had to be said. It, <laughs> it really. I feel better now having really gotten did. it off my chest. And here's the thing. Um, the fact that we missed this completely <laughs> arbitrary number mm-hmm. uh, by what three percent so instead (laughs) Mm -hmm. of six instead of 70 percent of people uh, adults over 18 vaccinated it's 67 percent that's this is a massive difference and it really gonna make the difference between a pandemic a raging pandemic and herd immunity pat that's (laughs) that's a dang good number in the United States of America, yes. that's an incredible number. 67% of adults have really, gotten a vaccine. You know, it's, I, I'm glad you wow. said that. I totally agree with this. I, I, I do at times hesitate because you think like, well, you know, like herd immunity is factors in an entire population. We're not going to get to herd immunity anytime soon. Probably never. But, you know, the point is... I will say, mm -hmm. what's his face? Fauci said 70% at the beginning. If you get to 70% of adults, that's pretty dang good. I think think it is pretty dang good. Especially when you consider that, you know, for most of this time, no one under uh, 17 years old was eligible to even take the vaccine. So you can't even look at anyone there. Uh, And... You're at 67% of adults, but more importantly, Pat, and, and we this is something conservatives argued from the very beginning. Look, we have a country here. We have people who are going to be able to, to uh, make their own risks, right? They're going to be able to assess mm-hmm. their own risks. You know, what we really need to do to get this country going again is look at the people who are really vulnerable here. And the people who are really vulnerable are largely people over 65 years old. Right now, currently, at this moment... We have vaccinated 88.2% of people over 65. That is wow. an, an insanely good performance. I mean, I, what what did you expect yeah. in a country where people are allowed to make their own decisions? You expect it to be 100? I mean, there are going to be some people who don't agree with you. Mm-hmm. 88.2% of the most vulnerable people? It's incredible. That's, that, that, that's an it's incredible. That's amazing. And, of course, we've seen the results. I mean, we're, we're down 90%. 
in cases and deaths, some of them over 90%, some of these margins, uh, yeah. hospitalizations as well. So I they're mean, trying I, to scare us, though, in yes. back into submission because the people are getting too free again and yes. we're not completely under their thumb right now. So they're doing the whole Delta variant scare, mm-hmm. the fear mongering on the, the, the Delta variant. You hear it every stinking day. The Delta variant, <laughs> the Delta variant, it's coming. The Delta variant. <laughs> I just, just stop with the Delta variant. But uh, they're not going to stop because they, they want control. In Los Angeles, they've already re-mandated masks uh, if you're if you're going indoors anywhere. I just don't think this any of this stuff is going to work. I, I I don't feel like they're going to be able to reinstitute these. I think. I mean, the Delta no, variant are done. Look, I think the Delta variant's up to what twenty five percent now of cases. It's going to rise. It's happening. Mm-hmm. It's happening in Great Britain right now. And now they have a, a what I would consider a a worse vaccine than the ones that AstraZeneca? we have. AstraZeneca. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's had yeah, its problems. Obviously. I don't think it's terrible, but their situation right now, they are having an influx of cases due to the Delta variant. And what hasn't mm-hmm. moved at all, and we are now a couple weeks past where it should have moved, are deaths and hospitalizations. I mean, it's ticked up a little bit, but mm-hmm. really it hasn't nudged up at all. So we've seen cases go up, but this is really like the old, you know, when, when some of these outbreaks would happen last year people would say like ah is this gonna is this just cases you know it's younger people is it just cases and then the deaths eventually mm-hmm. would rise every single time this time they're not in 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 great britain now who knows will it hold i don't know uh, here we seem to be performing even better because our i think our vaccines are, are better performing vaccines uh through operation warp speed and and all the work that the president did he went he, i heard him on uh, clay and buck the new show uh, in rush limbaugh's time slot talking earlier this week and he was talking uh, about how the media all said this was not possible. They all said a vaccine mm-hmm. in that timeline could not be done under any circumstances. They laughed at him. They laughed at him. They went to they said Donald Trump was trying to manipulate the science to win an election. They accused him of mm-hmm. all sorts of things, yet here we are uh, disappointed that only 67% of adults are vaccinated by July? Yeah. they. I mean, they had no timeline. Their initial timelines for all of this was supposed to be a release maybe by the end of 2021. Maybe if we're really lucky, by they'll release all of this uh, for people. Yeah, they kept telling us. Yeah. Oh, please, the, the fastest ever vaccine was developed in four years. Yeah. You can't get it done by the end of the year. I think, uh, and he did. Think about this, Pat. I found this to be fascinating. The early <laughs> '80s went on, and and we just exited Pride Month. And if you know anything about, I miss it already. I do too. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, we're three hundred and sixty-three no. days away from I'm Pride Month. Keep it month. in my heart all the year, though. You will. I am. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. <I am. laughs> uh, one of the things that always comes up in Pride Month is the evils of Ronald Reagan. You know, Ronald Reagan didn't even didn't say, even mention the word age until, AIDS until until 1998 after he died. After he died, after he, he died, AIDS. he finally yeah. mentioned it <laughs> once, and that was only one time. And there's all these things that go around the. Maybe we should get into this later, but there's all these uh, things that go around the internet that R- Ronald Reagan didn't care about AIDS and he didn't mention it for all this time. It's not true. He uh, w- like doubled the investment in in more? fighting AIDS more than doubled every every year year. Yeah, I mean he, every single year he, he doubled it again yep 
it, the first year it was uh, called a pandemic uh, and an epidemic, excuse me. Um, he was already investing in it. I mean, he didn't wait. He didn't wait until too, it was too late. He, you know, he was not asked, interesting, by any journey, journalist throughout the entire 1984 re-election campaign, one question about it in any of the debates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, it was not a focus of the country in large part. Um but it, it's, we it, it's barely heard about it. Yeah, we didn't know in '84. We didn't know anything about it. it. We didn't know what it was at the time. I, mean, I, that, I think the first time we ever heard of it of it was 1982. Yeah, maybe. And it wasn't. You know, they didn't know that much about they it. They didn't know much about it. They didn't really know how it spread. And here's the thing that I thought I thought was fascinating: thinking about how far we've come in the early '80s. Uh, AIDS was. They realized AIDS was a thing, mm-hmm. and they started trying to figure out what caused. It took them four years. To identify the virus. I mean, and four years. Fauci was saying things like, "Uh, we uh, we think it might have come from a toilet seat. I mean, it wasn't exactly that, (laughs) but it was was stuff like that. Yeah, and we didn't know. I mean, think about, we have, in this situation, Operation Warp Speed produces uh, multiple effective vaccines in less than a year. And back then, it took four years to even figure out what the virus was, let alone mm-hmm. come up with a vaccine for it, which they still don't have. Yeah. Uh, you know, they still have pretty, they do have pretty effective treatments uh, now that have been developed over time. Uh, but, I, you know, it, we Some are, people live a long time. Yeah, very, very uh, long time. It's no longer the death sentence. I remember watching Magic oh, Johnson. And thinking, uh, oh my God. Oh my God, he's going to be dead in six months. Now you can't even detect the disease in him. Yeah. And we've come it's a amazing. long, long, long way. By the way, I think it's Moderna that is uh, about to enter trials on an uh, mRNA AIDS vaccine, uh, HIV vaccine, a flu vaccine. And there was one other one. Oh, oh wow. Um, uh, melanoma is another one. They're in the middle of trial. Really? Yeah. I, I really, again, I understand wow. that there is a disagree- cancer vaccine. I mean, That's I, amazing. There's a lot of disagreement, I understand, in, uh, at times in the audience with, with vaccinations. And, and again, I maintain... Mm, I'd take a cancer vaccine. <laughs> I'd take it. And I maintain it's 100% <laughs> your choice to do all of these things or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really important in a country like the United States with foundational liberties like we have. Yep. On the other hand, like I also am really excited about this technology because if it works, there's hope to wipe out all yeah. sorts of diseases that have been around for a really long time. And of course, we should you know, make sure that all of it's... Uh, you know, safe and, and everything else. I mean, I think that's very mm-hmm. important. I'm very encouraged by, you know, what the Trump administration was able to do in what I, one of the things I love about all this whole story is that it's the most hated people in the world coming together to do it. I mean, people hate pharmaceutical companies. They hate capitalism. They hate the Trump administration. And mm-hmm. it, it's impossible to tell this story without them. But that mm-hmm. being said, you know, it's up to you, especially now when these things are available. If you don't want to take them, you shouldn't have to take them. And then you assume the risk associated with that. If you want to take them, you should have the ability to take them. And you assume the risks associated with that. That is mm-hmm. a That seems like a, a country that's free. Is what yeah, it kind of like. does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of does. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. So there have been 45. We got the 45th president in office right now. So the top 44 presidents listed by presidential historians. This is a survey I usually <laughs> oh, no. see around President's Day. Yeah. But I don't remember seeing it this year. Maybe maybe they just waited until now to come out COVID. here. In the, 
Yeah, COVID, COVID. right? Mm-hmm. Right. COVID-19. All about COVID. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> the let's start with the worst president of all time. This is perennially the worst president of all time. You know who they usually pick as the worst? Number 44. <sighs> then after, Hoover? Nope. But they don't like Hoover. They He's don't usually like towards Hoover. the bottom. Hoover is uh, 36, 36, so he is near the bottom. James Buchanan, yeah, <laughs> our first gay president. They've, I don't know, they, I don't know if they're homophobic or what, but they always list James Buchanan dead last among yeah. American presidents. Yes, they do. Uh, sad, sad for <clears throat> James. Uh, we also have. Uh, let's see. To start at the uh, at number ten, so the top ten. Oh, wait, wait, you're not going to do more of the crappy ones? Well, yeah, I, I want to know more could. of the crappy ones. Okay. Give me some crappy presidents, according <clears throat> to historians. Now, now, number 43. So, 44 is James Buchanan. Mm-hmm. Number 43, Andrew Johnson. At uh, number 42, Franklin Pierce. <laughs> presidents people don't know much about, right? No, yeah. Franklin Pierce. He, uh, name three things Franklin Pierce accomplished in I, office i can actually remember the day that i realized john tyler was president of the united states i had <laughs> i went through really? my entire life not, yeah, knowing, not knowing about john, uh, john, tyler. john tyler and i remember john tyler who the hell is john tyler well he's the 39th best president <laughs> in the history of the country okay, they, these guys at the end yeah you really realize are not there uh, are not they're just not a lot of them are just not known no they're not this this next one at number 41 is definitely known <laughs> donald j trump they list at 41 i will say Jeez. i am stunned he is not 44 i yeah, am according to presidential historians place. yeah that's yeah. a good point again like these guys always put progressive him. presidents up at the top and, mm-hmm. and conservative presidents at near the bottom the fact that they didn't put Trump at 44 out of 44 is stunning to me. They must hate gay people like President Buchanan. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, William Harry, William Henry Harrison, uh, 40th. How what was he president for like nine days? How long was Harrison president? Yeah. Is he the one that died really quickly? Wasn't he the one? I'm getting these guys confused now. They do. Um, nah, it might have been McKinley. McKinley wasn't president very long either. Maybe that's the one of the month. Okay, so then then John Tyler, as we mentioned, at 39. Millard Fillmore, 38. Mm. Harding, 37. Herbert Hoover at uh, 36, as we mentioned. Zachary Taylor, 35th. Martin Van Buren. Rutherford, Rutherford B. Hayes, 33. Benjamin Harrison. Richard Nixon. Yeah. Okay, so... Wait, wait, hold on. So William Henry Harrison. Yeah. Uh, his presidency lasted from March 4th, 1841 to April 4th, 1841. Wow. <laughs> that's not yeah. a... March to April. Yeah. Like that's a month. Not a good run. I mean, I, don't, I kid you, that's, it's unfair. Why He should be like number one. He couldn't have screwed up that bad. Is he the one that caught pneumonia? Yeah. When he was yeah. out doing mm-hmm. the, yeah, the speech. Um, I, Chester A. Arthur, too. Very... Uh, obscure president. He at number thirty. George Bush at twenty nine. George, George w. w. Bush. Yeah. yeah now it's 29th. interesting. George W. Bush is now moving <clears throat> up on these lists. You're noticing he was. To- he went from thirty three to twenty nine this time. And this is why you can't look at these recent presidents with any 
level of uh, honesty. These guys cannot do it because True. Bush was the worst guy in the world in 2009 and 10. And now that Trump has come in and now he's the worst guy in the world, you can move Bush up and say, Bush was good. Look, look, at, look at the comparison. And by the way, the same. I know it seems impossible, but the same thing will happen with whoever runs next. If Ron DeSantis is the candidate, they will say, Jeez, we thought Trump was bad, but Ron DeSantis is worse. Mm-hmm. They did the, they did it with Mitt Romney. Mm-hmm. Remember that? They're like, yeah. look, we gosh, we thought uh, George Bush was bad, but Mitt Romney, he's yeah. worse. They do it every single time. Right. And Bush is gone in the surveys. They do this uh, 2009 survey, 2017, 2021. Uh, so Bush in that time has gone 36 to 33 to 29. <laughs> See? Yeah. He's, he's moving up. up the he's char- moving up. Moving up the charts. Another four places. George W. Bush. Like, has he accomplished something new? <laughs> uh, what has happened to make him go from 36 to 29? It's the perception. Yeah. You know, you're right. History tells the story, I guess. Gerald Ford, who was not a great president, was number 28. Uh, Garfield and uh, Carter next. Carter should be way lower than 26. That's for ridiculous. Sure. He's one of the worst of all time. He should probably be in the 40s. Late 30s to the early 40s. Grover Cleveland, they list at 25. One of our greatest... uh, This is one of our greatest presidents of all time. This guy, to me, is top three. Yep. He's definitely top three. Calvin Coolidge. And they have him 24. Calvin Coolidge at 24. That is a disgrace. It really is. 24? It really is. I mean, I I agree with you. I think he's probably my favorite president. Uh, maybe my second or third favorite, but he's right mm-hmm. up there. He should be Definitely. up there at the top. That's a that's a that's a that's a terrible miscarriage of justice. For me, he's up there with George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and Abraham Lincoln. He's he's right up there with those guys. Uh, he was a great president. Uh, let's see. Clinton is down at number nineteen now. Clinton has kind of gone the other way. He's gone 14, 15, 19. Mm. So same with George H. W. Bush, eighteen, twenty, then twenty-one. Yeah, it's interesting that those guys yeah. are going backwards for some reason. James K. Polk is a guy you don't hear about much <laughs> since we dropped James K. Polk Tuesdays. Yeah, uh, doing Pat and Stu years ago. Uh, we finally got tired of doing it, <laughs> <laughs> but he's listed at number eighteen. That's not bad. That's not bad. All right, the top ten: Barack Obama at number ten. Uh, just above him at number nine. And this is way too low, I think. Uh, Ronald Reagan, ninth. Uh, Why would I'm you su- put Reagan? I'm surprised he's ninth, actually, on a list like this. If I was going to put him, I'd, I'd have him higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but ninth isn't bad for know, presidential historians. I'm shocked that they put him ninth. I mean, uh, that's, that's stunning for historians. JFK, who always oh, is overrated, uh, number eight. Mm-hmm. Thomas, like, oh, that's ridiculous. He yeah, it is. Felt, ridiculous. He didn't even complete a term. Again, right. not his fault. Right. But still, you have to take that into account. He did some good things, though. He stared down the Soviets. He yeah. uh, had the vision of the moonshot. Uh, and he lowered taxes. Yep, in a big way. Not, I mean, he was not. not, he was not I, I would not put him at the bottom. But no, I, I mean, wouldn't. I, he's not a top 10 president. He didn't even right. serve, he didn't serve right. enough time, I think, to be a top 10 president. Right. Um. Let's see. Thomas Jefferson, number seven. Way too low. For Thomas Jefferson. Uh, Harry Truman is above Thomas Jefferson at number six. Mm, no. no. Dwight D. Eisenhower, the fifth best president of all time. Hmm. Hmm. Kind of ambivalent on that one. Uh, then you get to Theodore Roosevelt. I'm not ambivalent on that. That's terrible. At number That's four. a 
terrible ranking, and even worse is even number worse. three, FDR. Yeah, those At are terrible. number three, no. Uh, FDR is definitely near the bottom of this list. Definitely one of the worst presidents of all time. In fact, we skipped over Lyndon, Lyndon Baines Johnson, who's yes. listed at number 11. He might be the all-time worst president. Seriously, I, I think he is underrated in that mm. discussion as one of the worst presidents Absolutely. of all time. He, he is almost single-handedly responsible for all of our problems with debt. Trillions and trillions, trillions of tr- dollars uh, can be attributed to him and the war on poverty. And he was a... An out of control racist. racist. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they, yep. and again, not racist. I mean, look, Woodrow Wilson, who we didn't mention somehow on this program, which is, a, is terrible. He's at number 13, which actually oh, is probably. Way too high. I, he should be obviously in the 40s. But like, Wilson was a racist in a, mm-hmm. lo- a lot earlier mm-hmm. than Johnson. Johnson was still doing the racist thing you know a half century later and here's the thing the weird thing about lyndon b johnson he's credited for the civil rights bill for signing it incredible well yeah after he was forced into it essentially he fought it his entire life fought it right up till the time he signed it really he signed it out of political necessity he had to sign it and he finally did but he fought it the rest of his career uh, that's it's despicable that he's listed at number eleven. Okay, going back to the uh, t- uh, number two, George Washington, and it, uh, which I don't have a problem with since you've got Abraham Lincoln at number one. I mean that's hard to argue with. Um, although I, Southerners would always argue with Abraham Lincoln being number one, the best president of all time. Yeah, I might put. I look, Lincoln is a top <clears throat> a top five president in my view, uh, mm-hmm. but I probably put Washington ahead of him. I, no, I definitely to, would. It's hard to put Washington behind anyone, I it think, is. in a list like this. I'd it have is. Coolidge in the top five. I think I'd have Reagan in the top five. Mm-hmm. Jefferson I could put in the top five as well. For sure. For you know, me. Monroe? Um, James Monroe? Not a top five guy. No. For me. Madison? Is, Madison I, I would he's consider in putting definitely in definitely top ten. I don't know why me. he's so... I mean, like his... He's never listed high, though. Yeah, you know, I think there's a separation. It's hard, it's hard for, I think, most people to separate his presidency versus... His legacy, writing the Constitution. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you know, he's one of the most important people in our country's history. Yeah, some people rate his presidency a little bit lower. Yeah, uh, but his his contributions to this country, you'd put him in the top Huge. five for sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I put Reagan up there. I would put um, Coolidge up there for sure, and I would my my bottom five has got Woodrow Wilson in it. It's probably got Jimmy mm-hmm. Carter in it. It mm-hmm. definitely has LBJ in it. Yes. I mean, you, those names, you can't yes. look. You can't, you can't look past them. And I think maybe the best president of all time was William Henry Harrison because he was only in there for a month and he couldn't screw things up. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one. Uh, right. Right. If I what had if we to... did monthly presidents, I mean, maybe we should think about this as a real <laughs> long-term trend. Best month as a president. <laughs> yeah, I think though we, that's the term limit we go with. Four <laughs> weeks. <laughs> you could run for. You could be president for four weeks, and then you uh-huh. get a second four-week term, and then your term limited out. I like it. And we'd have a lot of elections, I like though. It. I don't think I could take the election ads yeah. in, this, in this format. This is like what It'd they do like in Israel, Israel right now. <laughs> they just, <laughs> hey, wait, what if we just throw another election next week? Let's just plan having a, a weekly election mm-hmm. for the president 
you know. Well, let's uh, see if th- that guy can put together a government. And then the next guy uh, in another month will will elect him. See if he can put one together. Maybe we shouldn't. Uh, this is a crazy idea for a lot of these parliamentary democracies. But maybe you don't have the president putting together a government. Maybe that's not the way the system should work. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe let the people yeah. elect elect representatives Whoa. into a government. Mm. And then uh, you go with what the people elect. Huh. This is one of the most fascinating things about how the world is developed, I think, which is the United States comes out of nowhere. This is July 4th, right? We we come out of nowhere. We're the upstart kids in town. Mm -hmm. We take over the league, right? Mm -hmm. MVP every single year. Mm -hmm. And so few countries have decided to just emulate what Follow we've done. Follow the plan. Like, they all try these little mixes on it. They all yeah. have a little different way of going about it. I mean, they've all moved from monarchies to toward democracy. I mean, the world as a whole has gotten mm-hmm. a lot better since the U.S. came through, and we've had a lot of that influence. But they all, a lot of them just stick around with this, like, parliamentary democracy system. All these things, like, look, you know what you should do? Look at our Constitution. Put it, when it says United States, change it to your your name of your country. That's what you should do. Go in there, take the document, control H, I think it is, which Mm -hmm. is uh, find and replace. Okay. Find United States, replace with Uganda or whatever country you are, (laughs) and then go with it. Yeah. That's easy. Now, you want to tweak a thing here or there, I can understand it. Maybe your culture's a little bit different, but we've set this up pretty well. You've seen this works, right? (laughs) We've basically been the global superpower Mm -hmm. forever. Forever. And people are just like, what if we try something totally different? What if we put... How about if we we do a constitution on Twitter? What if we did that? Let's have a panel of kings. (laughs) We'll have nine kings and they can all... It's like, why just do what we've done? We've told you how to do it. It works. Right. You all... It's like, well, we're going to have totally different laws. But at the same time, I want to mention... All of our people should be able to illegally cross the border to go into that place all the time. And it's hateful if you don't allow them to do it. Wait, you could just have this where you are. Mm-hmm. We, it's, not, it's not the land that has made this place great. It's not the location. It's not the climate. It's, uh, it's, the, constitution it's the Constitution and the founding documents that have made this place great, among other things. Yep. Just try to emulate that as close as you can. It's not rocket science. It's not. I've already shown you how to or do it. Or we could go to Twitter. And <laughs> send us some amendments. <laughs> a tweet at Iceland's got a new constitution on Twitter, and we'll put them in there. <laughs> no more than 244 characters, though. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Grant Stubergear uh, for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program today. Uh, you know, you might think the lyrics today are a little bit iffy and uh, some maybe aren't appropriate uh, to be hearing on the radio. You had a list of some songs that um, Spin Diddy went through that uh, <laughs> when you when you look at the lyrics, and these are all songs that you probably knew as a kid or growing up. And uh, they, you know, it probably didn't hit you that they were anything special or anything outrageous. But when you look at them today with today's eyes, they're pretty outrageous. Yeah, this all started from a thing that happened in the news recently about 
Indiana Jones. They're doing a new Indiana Jones movie right now, which thankfully, because the Crystal Skull was one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, so I kind of want them to at least attempt to try to salvage the series after what they just did to it. Um, but they're going through this and they talk to uh, Marion from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she was obviously the, the his love interest in this movie. And l- listen to this scene and see, just listen, do some math in your brain as you listen to this scene. Hello, Marion. Indiana Jones. Always knew someday you'd come walking back through my door. I never doubted that. Something made it inevitable. So what are you doing here in Nepal? I need one of the pieces your father collected. I learned to hate you in the last 10 years. 10 years. I never meant to hurt you. I was a child. I was in love. Wait. It was wrong and you knew it. Mm. You knew what you were doing. Now I do. This is my place. Get out. Mohan, Temigaru, Bolianu. I did what I did. You don't have to be happy about it, but maybe we can help each other out now. So. <laughs> oh. Hey. Oh, okay. All right. I She's, did what I did. You knew. You knew what you were doing. I, I, she just said she was a, a child. child. <laughs> Wait a minute. Now, she, what? She's maybe 28 now? 30? She is saying. Oh, is Now they're doing interviews. But so what what prompted this is like, this is like the, of course, dumb ending to the Me Too saga, where now Mm -hmm. they're criticizing Indiana Jones, who is a fictional character for his apparent uh, uh, sexual assault of of Marion when she was too young. So they've now asked Marion, uh, the actor who portrayed her, uh, wait, were you like, was there statutory rape going on? What happened? <laughs> and she says she was 16. So they were. she was 26 mm. in the actual movie. 16. 10 years ago was 16. Wow. Now, Glenn somehow dug out some of the conversations about this scene from like the planning of the movie. And apparently George Lucas was like pushing for her to be like 11. What? Like she's like 21 in the movie and it was 10 years ago when she was 11. And all the other writers are like, uh, I don't know if 11's no. the right number, guy. <laughs> I think that might be a little. That's and then Lucas is like, how about 12? No. No. <laughs> so they eventually 12? got him to like 15 or 16. For what? And it doesn't oh mean gosh. anything in the plot, right? It's like, right. it's totally, he right. was just apparently wanted to write a lot about something very weird. So, wow. This got us thinking about how these things have changed because remember, Indiana Jones came out in the 80s, but it, it took place in the 30s. Mm-hmm. So, in the 30s, standards were quite, quite different. But even since the 80s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, Standards have changed quite a bit. Some some of the yeah. songs that were released back then could not come out today. It, they just it would not happen. Um, should we go through some of these? Because yeah, I, I, some of them yeah. are are kind of amazing. Um, okay, under my thumb, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, uh, from nineteen sixty six. It's about um, a power struggle between the, this this couple, and uh, at the time of its release it was criticized by feminists even back then for subjugating the woman to uh being like a quote squirming dog <laughs> probably wouldn't do that so today. you couldn't do that today and apparently they didn't even like it back in 1966 uh it's not all sexual stuff though like for like uh, in the summertime 
No, there's fine. So if you sang, you sang along to that song before, you probably said, have a drink, have, have a drive. A drive. <laughs> it is again, like you're not in that That's order. So not really supposed to do that. No. Uh, go out and see what you can find. If her daddy's rich, take her out for a meal. <laughs> if her daddy's poor, just do what you feel. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, maybe. not appropriate. No, no. Now, from the Beatles, uh, the song Run For Your Life, I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man. Kind of not cool. Yeah, seems like a little over the line. Yeah. Uh, getting Better with the Beatles has, uh, I used to be cruel to my woman. I beat her Jeez. and kept her apart from the things that she loved. Okay. You psychopath. That had to be uh, what, Ringo. Ringo. Ringo, I think, did the, came up with that lyric because he's in here again <laughs> later on. And, uh, um, of course, Your Squaw is on the Warpath by Loretta Lynn. I think Getting Better was McCartney's song. Really? I think so. Yeah. I mean, maybe That's, I just feel like Ringo had a... He's got seem a, super appropriate, though. <laughs> Even uh, in, this, in, in 1967, you could say that? That doesn't seem right. That not at all. Your Squaw is on the Warpath by Loretta Lynn has a, Well, you leave me at home <laughs> to keep the teepee clean. <laughs> um, then you've got... I mean, some of these are Ahab the Arab, which was by Ray Stevens, a comedy song. Yeah. That, that he ch- kind of changed the pronunciation of Arab because Ahab doesn't rhyme with Arab, Pat. <laughs> so you had to say Ahab the, the Arab. Arab. And of uh, course, that's not how you pronounce it. And they take offense to that. Now, Short People by Randy Newman. Come, no, yeah. That's nah, come on. Jokey and silly. Yeah, jokey and silly. And, and it was a... a uh, an ironic song. He was being ironic right. throughout it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones. Now, this one has made uh, news before. I've thought about this one many times. The song features so many taboo subjects, including yeah. forced sex with an underage mm. slave girl. Oof. Probably not the topic you want to lead no. a very well-known song with. Yes. Some of these, though, are like not as well-known. Uh, one in a Million by Guns N' Roses. I don't remember it. I don't either. 1988 rock song describes Axl Rose's experience getting hustled at a Greyhound bus station when he first came to Los Angeles. In the lyrics, the following groups are denigrated. The police. Well, that one you can totally still do. Mm-hmm. Totally okay to do that one. Uh, black people. And he uses oh. the N-word. Okay, that's wow. not okay. Immigrants and gays, calling them the F-word for gays Ooh, in the song. Not good. Not Would not be not, done not, uh, today, in my opinion. Not acceptable. Uh, China Girl by David Bowie. Yeah. Hard to believe. Um... <laughs> These days, China girls are Asian women. Of course, you can't you can't say China girl mm-hmm. anymore. Um, but he uh, he he's saying now he says that this was about uh, ridiculing stereotypes of Asian. So women. in the sh- almost in the short people sort of yes uh, genre yes. But in the it's really strange because in the in the video for the song he does something with his eyes that uh, you really couldn't get away with today i mean you would be you would be canceled yeah not the- <laughs> your songs would not be purchased any hey, longer stop aapi hate david bowie <laughs> yes that's please. what i say please how island girl by elton john uh it's about a jamaican woman who is quote black as coal <laughs> oh, who man. works as a prostitute in manhattan 
Uh, a black boy is trying to take her, again, quote, quoting, black boy is trying to take her back to the island and asks, what are you wanting with a white man's world? Probably not going to work today. Uh, <laughs> dire Straits Money for Nothing is well known. Um, you may remember this. Yeah. They use the uh, F word for uh, gays multiple times. Multiple times. Now, that was taken out even back then on some radio stations. Uh, so others just let it play, which you couldn't possibly do today i think and if i understand right i think they're still playing the song the way it is which is somewhat surprising (sighs) if they are yeah it is yeah with the f word in it not bleeped at all Hmm. because i mean it's one thing to play a song the way it was it's another thing to perform it live today yeah (laughs) yeah that's dangerous that's dangerous it's changing these things what does it do does it actually help society probably not no but usually you know just these artists don't want to be on video doing it (laughs) right um ringo star you're 16 there was a lot of these back in the 70s yes about 16 year olds i i don't know why i why pat i i don't know in fact the song my sharona by the knack in 1979 kind of got that band shut down even back then because they were singing about young girls all the time yeah there's a lot of that going and on. And they're like, um, okay, that's creepy. That's that, weird. That was your 16, you're beautiful in your mind. Yes. <laughs> okay. uh, for Ringo Starr. Uh, Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. Now, you think that one would be banned <laughs> because it is, or, or, or questionable because you're fat shaming. Like, yes. that's what I would think when I would hear that. However, no, this is the lyrics uh, of the song, but I knew love before I left my nursery. Wow. Uh, okay. What? Left alone with big fat Fanny. She was such a naughty nanny. <laughs> Heat big woman. You made a bad boy out of me. So this this young man seems to have been raped. Uh, that's what I would say oh occurred. You wouldn't think that they'd sing a fun rock song about it later on. No, but you sometimes wouldn't. these things occur. I mean, don't stand so close to me by the police. It's a great song, but the subject matter is... Not great. Yeah. A schoolgirl twice uh, and a teacher twice her age cross a dangerous line by having an illegal and appropriate affair. An inappropriate affair. Not uh-huh. appropriate. And I don't think he ever does in the song. Does he? He's trying to resist her, basically. Yeah, trying He's trying to talk to... himself out of it, yes. basically, is what I would say. Yes. How about Father Figure from George Michael, 1987? Uh, <clears throat> this, I've never, I don't remember this line in the song. That's all I wanted, but sometimes love can be mistaken for a crime so he's basically oh, saying this is like the nambla argument <laughs> you know hey look i mean it's love you guys are saying it's a crime it's actually love not a great idea uh young girl by gary puckett in the union gap young girl get out of my life yeah so young girl get out of my mind my love mind. for you is way out of line Uh oh better run girl you're much too young girl yeah yeah with all the charms of mm-hmm. a woman so she's not a woman uh, you've kept the secret of your youth. You've led me to believe you're old enough to give me love, and now it no- hurts to know the truth. I mean, they just did that all the time. <laughs> How does this happen? In the 60s and all 70s. All these guys thought about were 14-year-olds. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> uh, my Sharona, we talked about a little bit. Uh, hot Legs from Rod Stewart. Mm-hmm. Uh, hot Legs, bring your mother to 17 years old. He's trudging 64 I don't remember that lyric. I don't either. I, I don't think I knew yeah. that that's what he said until this moment. Really? Yeah. Well, it, that's unfortunately yeah. what he said. Um, so how about Stray Cat Blues? 1968 Rolling Stones. Yeah. I can see that you're 15 years old. No, I don't want your ID. 
And I've seen that you're so far from home, but it's no hanging matter. It's no capital crime. (laughs) I don't think that's the standard here. No. Mick. And it kind of is a capital crime today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.